0: Guggenheim, all that good stuff that, that that goes in between there.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's always good to be with you this morning. This afternoon and this evening. You know. Bob and mm-hmm. Bell, it's good to hear your voice. You know you out there in uh in Nicaragua.
1: Yeah. Nice yeah. down here, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always good to hear from you.
1: Well,
0: let up. uh, uh. Anything? You were telling me, what's going on in the news? You don't pay no attention. What's going on out there? We need to put on the prayer list, Mama Bear. You said something about some Oh, power. yeah. Um, the
1: pe- you know, the flood, the people in fire and flood and all this weather and just a uh, mess people. So uh, that's what I was uh, saying, uh, put on the prayer list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, all over, Northeast and, uh, you know, New York, Vermont, uh, uh, Clarice is something is in one of those states. I'm not sure if he's in New Hampshire or one of those states. Miss hmm hmm
0: You said Vermont's
1: on fire. Yeah, it's, it's the weather. Not on fire. The, it's the weather. Weather up in the hundreds. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. The weather, yeah. Mm-hmm. hmm Canada is still on fire, sending out all the smoke. A lot of people have smoke.
2: Including mm-hmm. no. Including
0: no. hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said to wear your masks when you go outside and mm-hmm. especially if you have uh breathing problems and uh check your app to make sure that your uh, uh your weather apps on most of your phones will Will tell you what the uh, mm-hmm. what the uh, the air intake is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As the air intake is a little bit off, than to go with caution because it can uh, it can definitely mess with your breathing.
1: Right, and all young people like me be careful. Yeah, all y'all young folks. Yeah, all young people like me be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will definitely
0: put that on our prayer list today. And uh I we gonna I don't know what grandmama is.
1: Oh, she not there?
0: No. I sleeping called in. Mm. And she was still sleeping. Sleeping and, uh, in. <laughs> yeah, she was she was uh She was sleeping back, so I don't know where, I don't know if she's still sleeping or not, and uh, anyway, we we will listen to you lovely, uh, my dear Mama Bell, if you are over near the piano. Yeah? We will listen to you for a little bit and uh, hopefully she'll be here and we'll have a little prep meeting when she shows up. Yeah,
1: maybe she'll wake up, okay. Yeah, maybe she'll wake up. my music will wake up, okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You ready? Yes, ma'am.
2: <laughs>
0: I've had some uh, some ideas in my brain, and uh, it's it's been floating around for some time now. Been trying to figure out how to maneuver uh, through those ideas, and. It's unfortunate that uh, we sometimes I struggle with when to share. You know, if I share them on Wednesday, I know that uh, a lower number of the crowd is going to hear it because you know how people are. Most folks only come to church on Sunday. And uh, so you sharing it on Wednesday, you know that, you know, if you have twenty five or thirty folks in the church on Wednesday, you're gonna have about five of them, so I struggle with that uh, so what I would like to do is I would like to uh in some cases warn of where I was going uh, I had some thoughts yesterday without sharing all the business, Uh, I was thinking along the lines of therapy. And the conversation that I was having with myself was after I had a chat with one or two people and told them they need to go to therapy. And then one of them asked me, they said, well, you tell us we need to go to therapy, are you going to therapy? And I said, no. And they said, why would you tell us we need to go and you don't go? And I thought about that because that was a very darn question. Why would you uh, invite or encourage other people to do something you don't believe you should do. First of all, let me tell you why therapy is important. First of all, I believe therapy has been taboo in our culture, especially amongst the African American uh, mind and community, amongst the Christian community, uh, that old aristocracy of Christianity, if you please. Most of them don't believe in therapy. They don't believe in uh, yoga and psychedelic, all that good stuff. They don't believe in that. But therapy, I believe, is centered, especially when you are struggling with identity, when you're struggling with emotions, when you're struggling with What is going on in your body? You need therapy. It's just like if you wake up in the morning and you have an ailment within your body and you don't know why you are in pain or why you can't hold food down or whatever uh, that ailment is that just is confusing you. You just know physically you are not uh, 100%. Your first instinct should be to go to a doctor. Your first instinct should be to call 911, especially if it's severe, and get yourself straight to a hospital to figure out exactly what's wrong with you. But if you've already been to the doctor and he told you if you drink five Pepsis, your teeth is going to hurt, and if you eat pork chops after 9 o'clock, it's going to run up your sugar diabetes, and you continue to do it, then you don't need to go to the doctor because the doctor ain't going to tell you nothing you don't already know. And so the reality for therapy with me is on the same level as that. I already know what the man's going to tell me. It's just do I want to do it? And that's where the thought process comes from. So I woke first lady up in the middle of the night, and I figured I would share it with you all before it hits the internet because I worked on a on a project, if you please, uh, that began with the title, I Want a Divorce. And the first thing came to my mind when I – because, you know, I normally do my work in the middle of the night, Mama Bell, and I just throw it out there and, and don't pay much attention to it. That one I really paid attention to because I said, you know what, Uh, Everybody wake up and they'll see that first thing this morning, they'll swear by God that I just Mm. asked for a divorce in the middle of the night, which I did not. Has Mm. nothing to do with the wife. what? Mm. Well, look at you showed up in the middle of the the comments. See how how this went bad, Mama Bell? Just show up and heard me talk about divorce (laughs) and thought something wrong.
2: Mm. I'm sorry.
0: Uh-huh. See that's oh. why I wanted to have this discussion. Mm-hmm. So I'm not asking your wife for a divorce, but what I have come to realize mm-hmm. in my moment of needing therapy mm-hmm. is that there's certain people that I need to divorce from my life. Everybody needs to divorce themselves from mm-hmm. certain people. I thought about how one of the things that I believe that my granny and some folks uh, uh, regret is that when I, back in 2002, did not board a ship that had some funny numbers on the front of it, like 64 or 92, you know, they call them Navy vessels and divorce myself from this area, from uh, the shackles of this area. I did not do that. And so for some of us, the importance of therapy is understanding what's wrong with us. For others, it's knowing what has us depressed, what has us anxious, as in asking, are we willing to make the hard choice of dealing with those things? I believe in our community, for example, the black community is again, it's because of our oppressive nature. And I guess I could just add minority communities, the people who are the wheel turning members of society, the middle class, if you please middle class, I believe, has always been uh, the, the burden bearer because the rich has always have money and the poor will always be among you. But it's that middle group that seems like they never get a home, they never get a break. They're a dollar short and an hour late, and nobody really cares either way. And in that group, you find a lot of people who are stuck in a negative situation, and most of it is just because we were taught to settle for our struggle. This is just the way it is. This is the way it was going to be. This is just life. When you tell somebody you're hurting, they'll tell you, well, that's just life. No, that's not life. It's not life to sit around and be cussed at all the time. It shouldn't be life to be abused and used. It shouldn't be life to always have yourself in the presence of people who are putting you down and and making you feel worthless. It shouldn't be life. To always be centered around folks who look at you as if you are the bad guy and if you don't know what you're talking about and they just keep you around because you're the whooping boy. That shouldn't be life. But for many of us, that is life. That's been life in church. That's been life in work. That's been life in school. That's been life at home. And we have settled in an anxiety and a depressionary state. I was at some time yesterday, and please forgive me for not, you know, pulling out all the business, but I was uh, sitting here. God bless my dog. She just came here and pushed it, just took her paw and pushed all the pillows off the couch because she ain't comfortable. I was sitting and I was listening yesterday as we were, me and the wife was at, some, at doing some things and, and we went in and we was having a conversation and we were talking about ADHD and I was listening and the words came back, no, it's not ADHD, it's anxiety and depression. And all this came to mind, how many folks are really suffering from anxiety and depression stemmed from what we have settled to be normal? That's the question that comes up in, in my brain, and I hope it comes up in everybody's brain. Is what I'm going through really the way it's supposed to be, or have I just conditioned myself to believe things? Am I settling because I feel like there's nobody else around, so I just got to keep this negative person? Am I settling because I feel like I'm not going to find another job, so I'll just hang out here with the devil I know? You ever heard that statement? The old folks, I used to hear them all the time when they would come in and they would tell you about the negativity that was going on in environments and different things. And you would say, why don't you go find somebody who would love you and care? they say, I don't know them devils. I'll stick here with the devil I know. And I've wondered if sticking with the devil we knew isolated us in it. Dented our growth, if you will. Did we box ourselves in because we just didn't want to look beyond the negativity, the, the being the product of our hellacious environment? Or did we just think, well, these people are that way? That means everybody's going to be that way. That's a negative reality on the whole world that everybody is negative just because of the five folks we in. Anxiety and depression. David mentioned one time after he had returned with his brothers. They had returned to find their camp on fire. And the scripture mentions of David having a moment of depression. Even Jesus in the garden was sitting there struggling. He was having a moment where he was trying to deal and wrap his mind around the the struggles that he was getting ready to face on that great night in the Garden of Gethsemane, and many theologians will argue it was his moment of depression. But himself, as he looked down and saw the world in the condition that it was in, and how everybody had kind of went in their own way, we're talking around the time that he is dealing with Noah. And again, the theologians argue that when he got angry and upset and hurt by the culture, he had his moment of depression. Look at all that I did for these people. And this is what they have become. I made them in my own image. I, I gave them control to the whole world. I, I, I put everything in their fault. All they could ever need, my hand has provided. And they look at me as if I don't exist. That's a severe moment of depression. The question is, how do you handle it? So, uh, I believe I said earlier in this conversation, and please forgive me if I did, and I'm repeating myself. As a matter of fact, I know I did, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. Some folks need to go to figure out, but some folks already know what the therapist is going to you. And it comes down to what are you willing to do about it? You know when certain folks call your phone, there's going to be problems. Why are you still letting them call? You know when certain folks come around the house, there's going to be problems. Why are you still letting them come around? You know certain job opportunities and certain networks that you are in does nothing but cause you stress and strain. Why are you still in them? hmm Well, I don't know if I can do better. Then what you come here for? That's the second question that I ask every Christian in depression who feel like they can't do nothing better. Why you come to this church? Why do you get up every Sunday morning and put on all those fancy duds to go down to a God that you don't believe can do nothing for you? That's a waste of your time. You can go down to the juke joint for that. Go down to the smokehouse or the liquor joint. Go down there with Snoop Dogg and roll some grass and some paper and set it on fire. If if that's what it is, I know you come to connect with the Creator that has the ability to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. So I believe this morning our message, our focal point, I told you from the beginning of our time together that I don't come here uh, for fellowship, not really. It's good to connect with us and to connect together. And, uh, you know, the scripture lovely says uh, a gathering of the saints is beautiful. Come together for with brotherly love and fellowship, I was glad David said when they said unto me, Come, let us go, so fellowship is beautiful, but I come for therapy and every Sunday that I have either sat and listened, which is very rare, and most time I yap a lot, I know. But it's therapeutic. I come as if I am communicating and laying on the couch with the holy therapist, and he's sitting in the chair, and he's listening, and I'm just expressing what's wrong and seeking answers. And after you go see the therapist, as the therapist tells you what's wrong, Now, are you willing to do what it takes to make yourself better? And that's where I find myself. So I'm going to make the bold prediction that some of you don't need therapy because you know what's wrong with you. You know the people that you need to divorce out your life you know the situations and the circumstances that you need to divorce. You know the ideas and ideals you need to divorce. I know you've been down there 30 years, but the church ain't done nothing for you. What are you still down there for? Just because the church building? Just because I've been there this long? I know you've been in, in those circles this for 30-some years. You hang around those friends for 30-some years, but they've been cussing you out every day in them 30 years. Why are you still with them? They're not healthy. A cattle on a thousand hills belongs to the Lord, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. The world and they, and they, the whole world, and those who occupy it. In other words, you believe, do you believe that that friend for 30 years that's been miserable to you, mistreating you, do you believe God can't give you a new friend? Do you believe God can't let people call your phone that is going to encourage, that is going to uplift and not tear you down, do you believe that you can be in the presence of people who are not going to cause you anxiety and inflame your depression? And I even go a step further. Do you believe, and I don't have time to get into healthy boundaries, but do you believe that even some of them folks that's causing you problems now can't be fixed? Some of them, all they need you to do is tell them the truth And then watch how they will change Some folks don't even know they're hurting Hurt folks is hurting folks And they don't even know they're hurting folks And so they don't know they hurt. Which is a great moment to bring this awareness Sometimes you just need to call somebody and say You hurt me In my conclusion, Brother Dennis will come to pray. I had a lady who I did some projects with, and she called me the other day and and told me that I needed to take off my sweatpants. Don't make no sense. You trying to conduct business in sweatpants. And it bothered me, Mama Bell. It bothered me. She said, every time I see you in sweatpants on a tracksuit, don't make no sense. You need to put on a good suit and tie. And I thought about it last night. I thought about the time when I didn't have a Cadillac in the driveway. We only had the one Mercury. That I was sharing with grandmama. That was her car. I was I was sharing it. I was bumming her car. And she had to go to work. And I had to go to meetings. And so what I would do is I would put on those track suits. Because you see, between the house where we were and where I need to be was at least four or five miles. I'd put on my sneakers and my tracksuit, and I'd walk those four or five miles to the meetings. And I would book all my meetings on one day, and from 9 to 11, I was here, and from 11 to 1, I was here, and from 1 to 3, I was here. And then at 3 o'clock, I'd walk back home. Or maybe grandmother would get there to get me. The moral of the story is, if you don't know why I wore that suit, why would you demonize me? And then I asked myself a question. If you know why you did it, why you care what that person thinks. So the moral to that story, and any story like that, Is look at the healthiness of your life. Look at the need for same. Look at the reason why God created you. And then seek that idea and ideal. That is my prayer as Brother
3: Dennis comes to pray. Good morning. Father God, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to get together today and, and hear a different type of message. I look back and maybe if we all look back when we were struggling with who we were and what we were going to be and before we really reached out and grabbed a hold of who Jesus is, maybe we were the strange ones. Think about that. Maybe we're the ones that dressed a little funny, walked a little funny, and maybe we were the ones who we were ridiculed and picked on. And maybe we're the ones that are ridiculed really and picked on now because we believe what we believe. So we have to take a firm stand. Father God, we just want to thank you that we can do that. That you give us the strength to be who we need to be. We need to be in your eyes. That's the main thing. We don't put on a facade. We put on the love of Jesus. And let us utilize that love to show to other people. Father God, we just want to thank you. We just want to ask you to continue to bless us, watch over us, give us the strength for the rest of this week, and keep us safe. Bring us back on Sunday so we can celebrate, celebrate our Lord and Savior. Have a great week. Take care, stay cool, and God bless. Amen. 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 Amen.